In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. I greet you today with an ancient greeting that Christians have been using for almost 2,000 years. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Pastors all over the country and all over the world are saying the first part of that, and congregations are responding. Christ is risen, and the congregation says, He is risen indeed. Alleluia. I invite you to go ahead and do that with me anytime I might say that phrase. It was certainly a great, a great time for us. Now, Easter Sunday, and it's a time for trumpets and a time for flowers and a time for joy and a time for hope. But not so much that first Easter Sunday morning. How different that Sunday, Easter Sunday was from our own now. We have the uh, perspective of hindsight, and we can look at things in a much, much different way than those early Christians did. At that time, Jesus had been dead for three days. Everybody was confused and lost. The disciples were dismayed, scattered, fearful, hiding. Judas had already taken his own life. Disciples were saying, Oh, we had hoped that he was going to be the Messiah, and now he's dead and gone. It was not a good time. So the women at the, were going to the tomb, and they appear to be the bravest of all the disciples. The women are going to do what women normally did when somebody that they loved died. They were going to anoint the body and uh, pay their last respects to Jesus. You can tell they were grieving heavily because they weren't thinking straight. If they'd have been really thinking about this, they would have said, you know, it's not going to do us any good to go out there. They got that big stone in front of the tomb and the armed guards and so forth. It, this is a fool's errand. What are we doing here? But they couldn't even think that far ahead. So they just, they did what grieving people do. They just put one foot in front of the other, doing the things that they would normally do until they got to the tomb. They went there, I suppose, expecting nothing. But when they got there, they got everything. There was a, a young man sitting on the big stone that was rolled away, read messenger or angel, and in a white robe, and he said to them, Do not be amazed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. Go and see the place where he laid. Now go and tell the disciples and Peter that he goes on ahead of you to Galilee, just as he said. There you will see him. And the women all ran away in fear and amazement. That's the end of the Gospel of Mark. They were all scared and ran away. Much, much different than what we feel today with the hindsight we have about what Jesus was doing. All those times, Jesus told them that he was going to have to suffer many things at the hands of chief priests, scribes, elders, and be killed, and on the third day rise again, but they never got that part. They only got as far as, and be killed? No, we don't want a dead Messiah. What good is that? They did not understand God's plan to raise him up from the dead so that he could raise all of us up from the dead. The women got that, and then they went and told the other disciples. And, you know, we have to kind of sympathize with the women, and we know what they were thinking about at that time. Because we've had our own cemetery experiences as well. I remember when I was a kid, the cemetery was kind of my playground. Our two farms that we rented bracketed the church school and cemetery. And I used to jump the fence and run through the cemetery all the time 
to get to school or to get to the other farm buildings. And I hunted crows. There's big pine trees in there. I hunted crows in there. I hunted gophers among the stones. We played hide-and-seek at you know, PTA when the parents were inside talking. We were all running outside. It, it was kind of a spooky place in the fall. You know, the clouds would scud across the moon. The big pine trees would, would whisper and go, It was a great place. We used to take girls out there, try to scare the pants off of them. And that never worked. And anyway, so it was kind of a playground for me out there. And we didn't intend any disrespect. We didn't know what the rules of life and death were at that point. We were just playing. But on a cloudy day in April, about this time of the year, in 1967, that changed. Because on that day... I went to the cemetery for a much different purpose, and that was to bury my grandfather, Grandpa John, that lived next door that I worked with every day. A great spiritual man. We went to the cemetery that day for a much different purpose. And I can remember that it was never the same after that. After the service was over, I was kind of thinking like the women at the tomb. I wanted to do one last thing to honor the one that I loved. And so I went home and changed my clothes and got the loader tractor and went and pushed the dirt in the grave. That was my version of anointing the body at the tomb. It was different after that. And you know, we all run into those times where we have cemetery kind of moments, I call them. It might be that we get a phone call from the hospital that says, you better get in here. You know what that means? That means that your loved one doesn't have long to live. Or we might get a phone, the phone might ring at midnight, and it's a state trooper. That's never good. Or we might see a letter on the table that says, I've had it, I'm divorcing you, it's done. Or we might have a pink slip on our desk that says, our job has been discontinued, we're fired. Or it might be sitting in front of a doctor who is trying, in his most clinical terms, to let you know that your life as you knew it is over. And now you're just going to be having a series of going from one medical test and one medical procedure to the next until you're dead. It might be any of those things. That's where the Gospel writer Mark begins his Easter story. When we are at our lowest ebb, when we are discouraged, when we are disheartened, when we are grieving, when we are fearful, when we are down, he begins his Easter message there because that's where we are when we need hope. And the hope that we have is because Christ is risen. He is risen indeed, hallelujah. And if it were not for that, we wouldn't have much hope. We would probably be down, but because of that we can be down but not discouraged. We might be kicked in the teeth, but we can't be kept down. We might be uh, hurt, but we would not be fatally wounded. We might even be killed, but we can't be kept dead because Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. That's our hope. I was reading a story about um, some uh, naval personnel. Right at the beginning of World War II, there was a submarine that was having difficulties, and it was sitting sort of wounded on the bottom of New York Harbor. 
low on electricity, almost no oxygen left. One diver went down perilously deep, and they heard his metal shoes clanking on the hull, and they tapped in Morse code. Is there any hope? And he tapped back. Yes, there is hope. That's where we are on Easter Sunday morning. Yes, there is hope. There have been all kinds of people throughout the centuries who have tried to act as if they were going to give us hope. But the one person who has is an obscure carpenter from an obscure town 2,000 years ago. The one who is truly the Savior is not the financial Savior, and not the famous Savior, and not the monetary Savior, and not the political Savior. It's the Savior from Galilee, because He is the only one who can conquer death. So this Easter Sunday morning, we gather together with great hope, because... We are people who know that no matter what happens, it could be bad, and it will be bad. We're, we're pretty well assured of that by Jesus himself, that this side of the grave, it's not going to be all fun. But we are assured that that is never the final word. That is never the end of our story. Our story goes on, and we tell our story to other people to give them hope as well. Because this morning we can say with conviction, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.